This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 2nd of November 2015. I'm Russell Hargreaves and on today's bumper show we'll be talking to Theo Walcott about family life. Arsenal ladies star Jordan Nobbs is here to discuss their latest cup triumph which she starred in. Former Arsenal and Republic of Ireland defender David O'Leary is our legendary Arsenal insider. And our master tactician Adrian Clark is back to preview the North London derby. But let's kick off with a weekend review. Arsenal travelled to the Liberty Stadium on Saturday, hoping to return to winning ways against Swansea City after a disappointing midweek Capital One Cup defeat at Sheffield Wednesday. South West Wales proved to be an unhappy hunting ground for the Gunners last season, and it was shaping up to be another frustrating afternoon for Arsene Wenger's side until Olivier Giroud met Mesut Ozil's corner four minutes after half-time to give Arsenal the lead. Left-sided corner then, which Mesut Ozil will take, and it comes from Mesut Ozil. Good delivery. The header from Giroud goes in! Arsenal have the advantage, it's Olivier Giroud once more unmarked on the edge of the six-yard box. A well-placed header in a Swansea nil, Arsenal won, and the Gunners take advantage after a good start to this second period. It was Arsenal's 2,000th goal under Arsene Wenger and Giroud's sixth strike in as many games for club and country. The striker really is firing on all cylinders at the moment, and Swansea did have a chance to pull one back, but Peter Cech reacted brilliantly to deny Jefferson Montero that before Laurent Koscielny capitalised on a former Gunners mistake at the other end. Eventually it's back with Hector Bering. Bering to the right-hand side now. This all takes a touch. Can he whip the cross in? It's Sir Williams that gets the header. And then Fabianski flaps and Koscielny is there to put into the net. And Arsenal have got another. Laurent Koscielny. Well, the Swansea City players are looking to the referee, suggesting that Lucas Fabianski here was penalised by... Any amount of Arsenal players, but, or at least impeded by any amount of Arsenal players, but it was not given because there were two, maybe even three Arsenal players that jumped with Lucas Fabianski here. 
Swansea were struggling to deal with Arsenal's dangerous deliveries. And when Ertzel sent over another teasing ball, Joel Campbell was on hand to secure all three points with his first goal for the club. Now it's with Ozil. Infield for Coconut. Coconut short for Alexis. Alexis looks for Ozil. Ozil turns away from Norton, finds Alexis. Great play from Arsenal. Now it's with Ozil inside the area. Ozil gets the cross in here. Should fall for Campbell. Campbell finds a corner. Arsenal have a third. Joel Campbell promoted to the starting lineup on his first Premier League start here. Has surely rubber stamped the win for the Gunners with a terrific. Left-footed finish into the corner that gave Lucas Fabianski no chance. And if there was a touch of fortune about the second Arsenal goal, it was terrific build-up play and an unerring finish that gave the Gunners their third. The win sees Arsenal remain hot on the heels of Manchester City at the top of the Premier League table. And Arsene Wenger is delighted with how well his side are performing under pressure. Last season, uh, Swansea took six points of us. So we came a bit uh, edgy here and... Uh, in fairness, they have shown quality again today. They are in a, maybe they go through a, a spell they are less confident a little bit, but they are a good side. And uh, our first half was difficult. In the second half, we upped our tempo, our purpose in our passing, our pace in, in our combinations. And then uh, I think once we scored the first goal, we were the dominant team and uh, won the game. Uh, uh, Normally. Arsenal's defenders made more vital challenges throughout the match to keep their clean sheet intact, none more so than Hector Bellerin, who smashed into the post to block Andre Ayew's shot, only for that chance to be ruled offside. Literally, I just dived in and I didn't even see the post, you know, I was just uh, looking at the ball and then he was offside as well, you know, so it wasn't even, wasn't even worth it. But, uh, well, you go, we're just going to try uh, and help. I thought I could get to the ball, which I did, but... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's things that you've got to do for the team as well. Um, I think uh, everyone is, uh, has uh, the same purpose, you know, this year. We're all very focused and uh, everyone is, uh, is playing really well, is, is doing the job. Uh, obviously, sometimes things are not going to go their way, but even though in the first half we, we were looking a bit shaky, in the second half, uh, you know, we did the job. And I think, I think that, that is important, that the team doesn't give up and we play until the end. And uh, that's, how, that's the same way we've got to keep going. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Arsene Wenger's side weren't the only team representing the Gunners this weekend. Arsenal ladies lifted their fourth Continental Cup with a 3-0 win against Notts County on Sunday. Jordan Nobbs scored twice before Chioma Ombogagu rounded off a memorable afternoon at Rotherham's New York Stadium. And I'm delighted to say that Jordan joins us on the line now after celebrating another piece of silverware. Jordan, hiya. How are you feeling? Hi, um, good, thanks. I mean, the body's a little bit sore, but, uh, you know, it's just been a, a good day yesterday for us. What, celebrating? Yeah, we're allowed the day off, so um, we have a few days off now just to celebrate and, and relax with the team. Richly deserved. And just tell me, first of all, as it's slowly sunk in, how does it feel to have or contributed so heavily to, to lifting another trophy? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, this was one year that we, we didn't want to come on without some silverware, so... It was a very big game for us to make sure we won, but um, you know we definitely put in a performance and, and deserve to come home with it. You mentioned years with silverware. I mean, that's 11 years in a row now, isn't it, where Arsenal have won at least one trophy. It's an incredible achievement. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of like it's standard with Arsenal. You know, people expect us to come on with trophies and people expect us to win them. So 
Um, obviously a little bit disappointed in the league, but um, still coming home with silverware, I think shows what we can do as a team and, and how we played yesterday was just really good and we showed what we can do. And obviously Pedro Martinez Loster has been in charge since August last year and I guess continuing signs of growth and, and this is a real confident shot as well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's always hard coming in as a manager and recruiting players and obviously having players injured this season for us has been a bit unlucky, but I think he's done a great job and I'm sure it's a great confidence for him to, to win the trophy yesterday and obviously, you know, then progress on to next year. And as you mentioned, there are a few key players out, Alex Kelly, for example, but that blend with Casey Stoney still there and, and players like yourself coming through, that, that kind of mixture seems to be very, very positive. Yeah, I think um, especially in big games like knockouts or, you know, finals, I think you need that, that balance between experience and, and youth. And I think yesterday we had that. And um, I think it definitely strengthens your squad with the likes of Casey Stoney on your team, you know, leading out and, and showing what she can do as a player. So obviously I've seen, as many of us have, the goals on the TV and some of the highlights. But can we just go back to the game and maybe just tell us what you remember and your view on, on your two goals? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the first one was just a training ground practice that we've been working on all week. So, you know, luckily it pulled off in the game and, you know, I, I got the first goal to, to settle our nerves. And then, you know, the second one, Pedro has been telling me, you know, since I've been back fit, you know, get your shots off. He knows I can shoot long range. And, um, you know, the first thing I thought when it came back was to, was to hit it. And luckily it went in for me. Brilliant. And obviously Choma getting the other goal as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, she seems to just come on the pitch and, and score goals for us. She's been amazing and, and very crucial for big goals this season. And I think um, that just clarified, you know, what she can do as a player for us. Team spirit-wise, you obviously are a very close unit, that's obvious. And it's quite an international lineup these days as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, that's one thing that I don't know if you can take the positive or negative, that obviously we have a lot of players away and we only had a, a few days to prepare when everyone got back. Um, from international Dewey, but I think it shows the talent we have in our team that we have so many internationals, even at youth level, going away with, with the national squads. And um, it shows what they can do as players and uh, they're a massive part of our team. And just finally, a crowd of over 5,000 for the game as well, which was brilliant. And, and again, just bodes very, very well, doesn't it, for the continued growth of, of the ladies' game? Yeah, we've had amazing support. And obviously, especially after the World Cup, I think... You know, our average, average went up massively and, and the support of everyone travelling, you know, three, four hours to, to watch us yesterday just shows how much they believe in us and how much we want to win a trophy for them as well. Jordan, brilliant stuff and thank you very much indeed for coming on. Thank you, thanks a lot. I'm Marcel Wenger and you're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. From one goal-scoring Arsenal and England star to another now, and Theo Walcott, who certainly now knows all about family life. The England forward became a father to Finlay 18 months ago, and he sat down with Arsenal media's Josh James to talk about how parenthood and increased responsibility have changed his role on and off the pitch for Arsenal. Now you're a family man. Um, how, that's, how that's changed you since becoming a dad? As, as a player, has it changed, changed you at all as a footballer, or not really? Has it only changed you off the pitch? Um... No, it, it does change it on and off the pitch, obviously. Uh, I think um, on being uh, the fact that you are, you know, you want to make it, you obviously make your, you, you want to make your family proud, you want to make, you know, your little boy to see you sort of playing and he just wants to aspire to be like you, that sort of thing. Um, 
Okay. Um, and the fact that he, you know, Finley can just say, yeah, it's my dad down there. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's making me proud and all this stuff. So those, those things you can't, you know, which are just a dream, to be yeah. fair. Uh, and we do a lot more things than we ever have done before, to be fair. And uh, if people see me on the street and they see me with my family, they tend to leave me alone. Which was quite nice at times. <laughs> um, it's a little shield, human yeah, shield for you. Pram, yeah, you have the pram. Um, but which is nice that people respect the sort of the time mm. because I think that's important. I think you know, no one, you know, when you're doing stuff in your family, you don't really want to be pestered on the at times. To be mm. fair, it does get quite stressful. Yeah. But because um, obviously, you know, so it's a nice some people, distraction, I guess. Yeah, it's a nice distraction. Yeah. Things don't go well, for instance, like the injury, for instance. Mm. Now, don't mind and go home and just think. Yeah, you take know, your mind off it. Exactly. Mm. Um, does he is he getting it yet that his dad's a bit of a big deal? No, he does. At the moment, if he sees any football matches, say, sort of daddy, it's like, it just it's daddy like that. Oh, no, no, it's not. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> um, and if he sees a goal, he, he sings as he shouts goal. So he's, he only kicks the ball all the time. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't quite. He's only, he's only he's nearly 19 months. So. Um, yeah, he's, he's kicking the ball. He's, he's, kicking, he's been kicking the ball for ages. It's, it's absolutely insane what he does. Um, it's, he loves doing it. Really? So yeah, we're in the family. Isn't it? Yeah. So he's showing a bit of uh, natural talent, isn't Maybe, he? Maybe, yeah. We never know. Too pressure, too much pressure on the little boy, bless him. But um, no, nah, he, he just loves having fun like all kids do, you know. And how does it affect the role within the squad when you're? I mean, I guess as a group of you, you've got kids. Um, do you find yourself chatting more to them? Or have you, has it changed your dynamic in the I squad? No, not really. To be fair, a lot of the guys who don't have kids anyway, they like interested in that side of it. Obviously Aaron's mm. going to become a new dad soon mm. um, with Colleen being, being pregnant and um, so that will be a totally different experience for him. Uh, everyone gets hit with it differently uh, but for me best thing ever. It's But to be fair it hasn't changed amongst the boys and the yeah. lads I'm still the same and just do the same things. Yeah. And just finally is there a little sort of group of um, the families do you often get together at all when we do a lot of uh, events uh, together uh, we tend to do it with the families involved now and it's great because all the single guys and the, the guys that obviously don't have kids they're still there and they want to mm. be part of it because at times when the kid's doing fun you feel like a big kid yourself so um, that's what I do if I go with Finley to soft play areas and you run around the, the sort of climbing the soft play stuff and you're like yeah I like this like a big kid so that's just the way I think a lot of parents like that that. it's an excuse to mess around (laughs) if you're with your kids so I wish I think it's nice and it's Adams put through by Bold would you believe it or Charlie George who can hit him oh look we it's up for grabs now Thomas right at the on the 5th of November 1983, Tony Adams made his league debut for Arsenal four weeks after his 17th birthday. It wasn't the easiest start for the teenager, but as Martin Keown and Arsene Wenger explained, his teammates and managers always knew there was something special about Tony. You know, I first saw him coming to the club, uh, I think about 13, 14, um, waving his arms around, giving it large, you know, back the, even back then. And he's had, a, you know, he had a fantastic career here. He was a great captain. Um, I think as kids, they tried to sort of pitch us against each other because, you know, two kids can't play in the team together, which was wrong. They could do. Of course, we proved we could eventually. Um, and I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed playing, being, being around Tony. First of all, he was a very intelligent player who could analyse uh, very well. Uh, what's going on on the pitch, could use his qualities, uh, the intelligence as well, to use his uh, qualities to 
in an optimal level. And then he was a mixture of uh, laid-back uh, player, but there's a very fierce, uh, uh, very strong pride, you know. And uh, he could find always when you thought even he he was bad uh, health-wise, he had a bad ankle. During the week you wondered, could he play? On the day of a competition, this is the guy who found always the resources to be at his best. And uh, it's a bit the brand of this back four when I arrived. They were all a bit like that. You wondered sometimes during the week, will they be all right? On the day of a competition, they always surprised you, you know. They always were much better than you predicted they would be. Tony will go on to captain Arsenal for 14 years and remains the only player to have captained a title-winning side in three different decades. The one-club man was affectionately known as Mr Arsenal to Gooners worldwide. And on an individual level, it's hard to think of a more committed, more gutsy and a more inspirational footballer in Arsenal's history. However, the defenders most iconic... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Iconic moment came on the final day of the 1997-98 season when he rifled into the corner to secure another title in front of the adoring North Bank crowd. Now bold. Tony made a total of 669 appearances for Arsenal, scoring 48 goals and thrived as the leader of that famous back four. The former England captain also developed a special relationship with Lee Dixon and the fullback recalled a special moment the two shared as they reached the twilight of their Arsenal careers together. Tony was obviously he was captain when I arrived. Um, and he, I'm trying to work out, I was 23, so he'd be sort of about, nine, I don't know what he was, 20, 19, 20 when I arrived. Um, but already you could see the, the presence of him in the dressing room. He was, 
he was a lad, he was very um, young in lots of ways, but really mature in other ways. So he had, he had a bit of both. And he was uh, very strong. Again, that gangly sort of um, type of player, but incredibly uh, intelligent, again, positionally. Uh, was his big strength, um, and in the in the, in the early days, wasn't given an, as much credit I think as, as he deserved. And he went on to become a really good footballing centre back. And he he was he was like that when he was younger, and he got a, you know a bad nickname um, because he was seen to be awkward at times. But he would be my you know number one alongside if I was uh, to pick a, a team, um, he would be my captain, no doubt about that. It is. Thank you, time. And it's mutual. Homage paid at Highbury to Mr. Arsenal. But there has never been any doubt about Tony's devotion to Arsenal Football Club, nor the Arsenal fans' devotion to him. That's all from us for this week's history lesson, but let's find out more about Tony Adams from our next Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, our Arsenal Insider this week is a former Arsenal and Republic of Ireland defender of summer plum, shall we say. I'm delighted to say that the legendary David O'Leary is with us. David, absolutely fantastic to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. How are you? I'm absolutely fine and it's always a pleasure to be asked. So it's nice to be on. Well, just before you, we've been featuring Tony Adams as part of our history lesson on the show. So if we can, we'd like to start with a few things about Tony and, and maybe first of all, your memories initially of, of playing with the man for several years. Well, to start off really as a, the Arsenal captain, I'd, rem I'd, I'd remember coming in in the morning times and meeting this big, young, non-shy lad who'd say hello to me and thinking, who is he? And... Um, <laughs> Not in a cheeky way, in a very nice way. And uh, then I start watching the U team and I start seeing him play. And, and the more I've seen him play, I thought to myself, you know, this is a lad that um, could really go on and come into the, t into the first team and make it. And uh, we all know he certainly did that. And uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, eventually, I started a room with him, played with him for a long time. And uh, it was absolutely, as I say, a pleasure to know, play with him. Um, and see how he developed into such a, you know, fantastic player for Arsenal Football Club. And at first team level as well, David, the evolution was incredible, wasn't it? Unsurprisingly, at around 17, a, a few mistakes and one or two difficult situations initially, and then future Arsenal England captain, all the accolades we've talked about on the show already. Incredible. Yes, but, you know, I remember myself coming in at 17 and, uh, you know, the Arsenal was a type of club that uh, if you're good enough uh, and they believed in you, they put you in. And yeah, Tony did make um, mistakes, but he was young. Um, he got other things thrown at him. But, you know, his personality and his willpower and um, mental strength was so strong that, you know, he learned from it and uh, didn't let it affect him. And he went on, as I say, to be a, a great Arsenal captain and uh, the similar thing with England. And without dwelling too much on them, obviously, David, he's a man who had to battle his demons at times as well during his career. But to come through all of that and just be so instrumental in the Arsene Wenger era, again, just says so much about the man's mental strength. Yes, and I've seen that sad part, but I see him uh, rise up and be strong enough to take that on the, the chin in the nicest possible way. And 
um, go on and be a stronger person, a better person for it. What do you feel was his biggest strength as a player? Obviously, an extremely similar position to your good self. What do you think were one or two of the things that made him stand out most? Um, I think he was... Tony was just... I, I honestly think, you know, Tony was a very good reader of the game, but mentally very, very strong. Um, and that, that where, where his inner strength came from. Um, just mentally strong, take the knocks that were thrown at him, move on. Um, and just become a really, really, you know, very, very good player for Arsenal Football Club in England. And between the pair of you, 669 appearances in all competitions for him, not quite catching your 722, <laughs> but nearly 1,400 Arsenal appearances. Oh, God, I, did, I, I forget about that. I, I, I was hoping if anybody could beat my record, it would be Tony, because, of, you know, for seeing the young fella come through and develop, um, it had been lovely to say maybe give him a presentation or something after beating your record, something like that, and knowing that you've seen him at the very start of his career and see the way he came on, you know. But at the end of the day, um, I won't give out to him because that's not a bad amount of games either he's played for the great club. <laughs> and I know it's such a difficult question just to round this element off of our chat, David, but we talk about all-time Arsenal greats. I know you rank extremely high on the list and, and obviously Tony is, is right up there as well. Um, look, we're very, I'm very flattered. I'm very flattered even I've just come back from London um, and to pass by the great Emirates and, you know, this lad from Dublin who came over thinking he might play a game or two for Arsenal has, you know, got a big picture outside with so many other famous players and say that's there and, um, you know, like Tony, the same thing. It, it was, it's just um, Tony, like myself, would be so grateful that were talked about uh, as being great servants for Arsenal Football Club. I mean, the club made me, and I'm sure Tony would probably say the same thing, and we're so grateful that we both played so many games, as you mentioned, for such a great club. I, I go and watch them a lot still. It's fantastic to see them. And, uh, you know, I love seeing them win like we did on Saturday. Well, let's finish off, if we can, then, with just a couple of questions on the pitch. And uh, we'll look ahead, if we can, to the huge midweek game away at Bayern Munich. I mean, just generally, first of all, David, such an important game. Brilliant win against them at home. But something from the away leg, given how tight Group F is, is still very important. It, it looks that way. And as I say, I thought I went to Sheffield Wednesday uh, last midweek and it wasn't the greatest game. And, but we bounced back great at Swansea and... You know, that can hopefully set us up nicely for going into a, a very, very tough game because I think Bayern Munich with Guardiola, I'm sure he he's under pressure to deliver this year. He was brought there not to win the German League, but to win the Champions League. And they're a very good side and a very strong side. And for us to go there and get a draw, which I think we need to do at least uh, to get out of this group, um, we're going to have to play very, very well indeed. But we're capable of doing that. We're capable of scoring goals. We've just got to be defensively very, very strong indeed. And just one more on this. Uh, S. Sohard is one of our listeners who's tweeted in and says, can we ask David what tactics should Arsenal use if they are to win at Bayern? Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, it it's difficult because of the, I, I, it depends on what the squad is, what uh, Arsenal's going to pick, or players' availability or whatever. But I don't think... I, I think the way Arsenal got to play and I, I, is... Sit personally, sit deep, frustrate them, and you know hit, hit them on the break because we've got players that can do that actually. And I thought the way we went about it at uh, uh, at the Emirates uh, was a fantastic way against the side who 
had a great deal of, you know, possession. But I don't think you can go and take Bayern on and um, just, oh, let's have a go and have a good game. I think if if we sit deep and play the way we did at the Emirates, uh, for me, um, when chances come, if we take them, I think that's the best way for us getting the result in the nicest possible way, if you, if you can understand that. I do. Sounds good to me. And just as we let you go, we're going to feature this with our next guest in more detail in a moment, but the North London derby. Can't oh, wait. Um, just your historical take on it, if we can, and also your prediction for this weekend. Of course we're going to win in that way. And of course I'll be down there cheering the, the boys on. Um, uh, historic, I've had, I used... I love playing them uh, from a lad like a lot of us who came through the system um, we knew that you know the game mattered a great deal to the fans and uh, I, my biggest probably of, I, I don't know many I've played but I think I've played in quite a few my, my one that I really really loved was one around Christmas time when we won and Liam Brady scored that great goal that I think it features still you see it um, and I thought that was a fantastic display by us uh, um, you know, really, really well, and we we really played and beat Tottenham and with a, with a bit of style. And uh, Liam scored a great goal that day as well. Quite a Christmas present that year. It was stuff. very Christmas present. Sorry about it. Can't remember the year, um, but <laughs> um, as I say, fantastic feeling coming off. David O'Leary, an absolute pleasure to have you on as our Arsenal insider this week. Thanks for your time. Pleasure. Take care. You can see Adrian Clark on the Arsenal player on the Matchday Show and every Monday on The Breakdown. And he joins me now to look ahead to the North London derby. Adrian, how are you doing? Very good, thank you, Russ. Always an exciting time of the season, <laughs> isn't it, the old North London it, derby? Exciting and nerve-wracking in equal measure because we know the importance of it. And, and even though Tottenham haven't been Arsenal's direct rivals really uh, in recent seasons, it's still a huge game. It's, it's important to the fans and, and, and we want those bragging rights, don't we? Very much so. This already, of course, the second North London derby of this season. Mm -hmm. What can we read into the fact there's been one? Not too much because Tottenham played a reserve side and so did Arsenal, in truth. I was impressed by Arsenal's spirit that night at White Hart Lane. Um, lots and lots of fringe players, but they came in and, and showed good battling qualities. But I don't think it, it will give us any indications ahead of this one that this will be a completely unique game. Well, let's take a look at Tottenham for a minute then, Adrian. They've quietly gone about their business in the league this season, haven't they? They've had a couple of outstanding results. The Manchester City game would spring to mind. They've drawn quite a lot, but I think they've only been beaten in the league once. They're better this season. It's as simple as that. Tottenham have, have, have improved. They're more solid down the spine. The signing of Alderweireld at centre-back was, was a very clever one. I think his partnership with Vertonghen is exceptionally solid. Uh, they've brought young players into the team that have improved them and, and they've become far less reliant on Harry Kane. It, the other guys have stepped up to the plate and scored goals. And I just think that Pochettino's philosophy is beginning to, to bear fruit now and that the players are fitter, stronger and, and tactically more aware. I just think they're, they're a better side this year. And ironically, having gone through that without Kane being on top form to get them into a good position, he's now started scoring again. I know, I know. It was a great performance from him against Bournemouth. And he's, he's a threat, of course he is. He's a, he's a real predator inside the box. I still wonder what will happen if, if he's lost to injury for a long period. I still don't think they've got that many goal scorers yeah. in their side but 
He's the obvious danger man. Where do you think Spurs, first of all, then, could look to exploit Arsenal? Well, I think that Eriksen is the guy that, that worries me most, actually. Obviously, Kane is the threat inside the box, but Eriksen is, is a terrific player. He's in good form, and away from home especially, he's had a big impact on matches. The fact that he also takes set plays is another big factor because if Arsenal give away free kicks in and around the box, I know we've got a, a, an outstanding custodian in Petr Cech, but Eriksen can, can put the ball where he likes from, from direct free kicks. They've scored seven goals from set pieces this year, Spurs, which is more than anyone else. Mm, where could Arsenal, do you think, exploit Tottenham? Yeah, I... It's difficult to say, but I would point out their central midfield. They've done well this season, I've got to say. Had some injuries, though, haven't yeah, they, with quite a few yeah, of them? Dele Alli is, is a great prospect, and Eric Dyer has slotted in as a, as a defensive midfielder really nicely. Then Bele will probably form the trio in there. They, they've done well, but that's not the strongest midfield trio for me in the Premier League. And when you look at the way Arsenal's midfield are playing, Cazorla, Coquelin and Ozil, Look at the 3v3 in there, and I, and I fancy Arsenal to, to come out on top. Yeah, it's an interesting shout, actually. What about a key battleground, maybe aside from the, the centre of midfield? Yeah, centre of midfield. Well, I was, I was thinking of, of, of Eric Dyer against Mesut Ozil, actually, because, because that is, is a key one. Because when Mesut Ozil plays well, Arsenal play well, and, and I have no doubts that Eric Dyer will be asked to follow Mesut Ozil around the pitch. Not man-mark him as such, but he's going to have to follow him into the wide areas and to protect the two centre-backs as well. So he has a huge job to do. Swansea did it very, very well for 45 minutes. Ki Sung Jung did it, but he ran out of steam. Has Eric Dyer got what it takes to handle Ozil for 90 minutes? That's the big question. And, in a sentence, how do Arsenal beat Spurs? Well, I think Arsenal beat Spurs if they score the first goal. We're tremendous front-runners, aren't we? I think it's 20-odd it's games in a row now that Arsenal have won when they've scored first. Get the opening goal and we should, it should be plain sailing. Get the <laughs> opening goal. We like it. <laughs> Clarky, as ever, a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, Thanks for coming. No worries at all. That's full time on this week's show. My thanks to Theo Walcott, Adrian Clark, David O'Leary and Jordan Nobbs for their contributions today. Remember, you can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. And remember, if you haven't hit the subscribe button already on iTunes, do so and you'll never miss another episode. We're back on Monday, the 9th of November. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening, and remember you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.